Welcome to Around the Diamond, Ottawa's source for baseball talk. This is Shortstop Junior Rojo with the Rockland Boulders. This is your boy Reggie Abercrombie. Hey, this is your boy Coop. This is Josh Wood. Hey, what's up? It's your boy Kenny Bryant from the Ottawa Champions. This is Quebec Capital's third baseman and pitcher Lachlan Fontaine. Hey, this is Ottawa Champion second baseman Albert Cartwright all the way from the Bahamas. You're listening to Around the Diamond with my man Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Profiling players' careers and their life outside of baseball. Now, here's your host, Diamond Dante. Seb high and deep to right, and that's out Cartwright, and that's a walk-off single. Albert Cartwright wins the ballgame. Mastro Berti comes in to score. Duarte up the middle, and that's the ballgame. Wilson, the one-two, big cut, and he struck him out. Wilson back-to-back strikeouts on a slider in the dirt. Tissenbaum swings at that one. And your co-host. Chambers flying into third with a triple. Chambers is back. He looks up and it's off the top of the wall. Fires it back into second base. And they got him. Chambers slaps it the other way. Louis Cardinals World Series champion Adron Chambers. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Welcome to episode 45 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. You are listening to the only baseball show in Ottawa. I'm your host, Diamond Daunton. You can listen to Around the Diamond every Saturday at 6 here on CKDJ 1079, or you can check out our podcast online as it is now on a few different locations. You can find us on SoundCloud by typing in Around the Diamond or on iTunes by typing in Around the Diamond in the podcast app or on your Mac. If you're listening on either of those platforms, keep on listening as uh, later on in the show, New York Mets head scout of Canada, Claude Pelche, will join us to talk about how he was very involved in recommending a lot of players for Team Canada and who will represent it, who will represent Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic. Claude uh, was also named by Hall of Fame writer Bob Elliott as the 60th most important man in Canadian baseball. This segment, I'm joined in studio with CKDJ 1079 co-op student Davide Discipio. Davide, welcome, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Dante. It's a pleasure to be on here, and can't wait. You know what, just just from talking to you over the last, you know, couple months that I've known you, it seems like you have a lot of baseball knowledge, so it's almost a no-brainer to bring you on as you are in studio uh, supporting uh, your World Series appearance, the Little League World Series appearance that you had uh, playing the infield in 2013. So just before uh, we get into our talk about uh, the Toronto Blue Jays and as well as the t- 2017 Hall of Fame class, why don't you tell us about that experience uh, playing in the Little League World Series in 2013. Yeah, I mean, the Little League World Series, I mean, uh, I've been watching that ever since I was a little kid. I mean, I think uh, I was around uh, about 10 years old, 9 years old. Uh, it would be on every summer, and just uh, even watching it now just brings the chills through my body to to witness that. And, I mean, it was just an experience of a lifetime. I met kids from all around the world and all over the United States. I mean, um, 
I mean, we played the first game against Chinese Taipei. I mean, just uh, the way they play baseball and the way they throw and just their ability. Like, we saw this one kid who was about, I'd say he was, like, the shortest kid in the tournament who was at 4'11", and he was using about, like, a 32-inch bat and slacked the double end of the gap. Um, it was just uh, special to see, and uh, mem uh, memories I uh, will never forget for a lifetime. Met, I mean, I was with 12 of my best friends, and uh, just an experience I'll never forget. I mean... The uh, the second team out of Eastern PN and uh, to make the World Series. The first one was 04, right? Correct. Yeah, uh, and we broke a uh, nine-year streak for Team British Columbia. So from 2005 on till 2012 was all BC champions, and then we were the lucky ones to Who break that. Who's the coach? In 2013, Mark Keeping. Mark Keeping, eh? Yeah. Good coach. Oh yeah. So how how did you guys make the team? How, how do you how do you kind of make the team when you go play at the Little League World Series? Uh, I mean, well, it starts just like every other summer here in Little League Baseball in Ottawa. I mean, our team was made in about early June, and there was a really special team. I mean, we were together ever since. The main core of this group was together since uh, about uh, our first year of minor, so we were about nine. So when we were first year of minor, we were with uh, the 99 group, 99-2000s, and we end up losing in the district championships that year, which was, uh, I don't know, just brought me into the, where we we're not going to win all the time. And um, the next year it all changed. I mean, Coach Mark uh, was usually coaching the major level, so 11 and 12. Yeah. But he was asked to come down and coach the minor level that year because he knew we had a special group of players. And, I mean, we beat Oakville in the championship game that year right. to win, win the minor provincial championships. And that was pretty special. I mean, there's no Canadians after that in minors when you're 10 years old. So then the very next year in 2012, we were all together again, pretty much in the 99 and 2000s. We went to provincials and we had some unfinished business going into the next year. It was our last kick at the camp for the World Series and we made it happen. In 2013, you guys made it happen, of course. Uh, the year that the Boston Red Sox won the World Series. Uh, as well as Adron Chambers will not be with us for this show. I believe he's gone back to Pensacola, Florida. So... Uh, unfortunately, we will have Adron over the phone uh, maybe next week, but unfortunately, Adron Chambers not with us, and that was his final year in the big leagues with the St. Louis Cardinals, the year that uh, you uh, went to the Little League World Series. Uh, and they but were just, in the World Series that year, weren't they? St. Louis. The, St. Louis, exactly. His final year with St. Louis was when they went to the World Series and lost to Big Poppy. Um, but to start things off, uh, let's start things off with one of the hottest stories in Canada at this point in terms of the Toronto Blue Jays, and that's Jose Bautista signing a one-year $18.5 million contract. He gets more money than what the Blue Jays offered in his qualifying offer. I guess you could say a win-win situation because the Blue Jays needed an outfielder, needed a guy that could play right field, and this is great for the, the city itself and for the fan base as a you know for a PR perspective because Bautista was close to the fans and was a, a great role model in Toronto and I could tell you he's not a role model in any of the other 29 MLB markets well yeah I mean Bautista's been a Blue Jay ever since what was it 2009 yeah where he made his big splash with the Jays I mean well it was 2010 that he made the splash but 09 was when he got traded and he was kind of a you know off the bench you know come in Fourth outfielder kind of guy, but he was abandoned by five other MLB teams. I remember hearing the other day, yesterday, when it was made official. But I mean, Bautista is a guy. I mean, I grew up watching. Although I remember the old days with Eric Kinski and Frank Colodonado. Yeah. But Bautista was one of the guys I remember watching, and I mean, he's got 
he has the he's hit the most home runs since 2010 in yep. the major leagues. He's hit more than Encarnacion. He's hit more than Miguel Cabrera. The the offense that guy brings to the table is just unbelievable. I mean, last year, kind of a write off, but I mean, every year every year since that, he's won two home run championships. He's hit over 50 home runs. Every Blue Jays fan's favorite player. He's a fan favorite in Toronto. Yep. I mean, I guess not anymore because of Josh Donaldson winning the two, uh, MVP last season, but he still has uh, number one in, other, in some people's hearts here in Toronto, and he adds some more depth to the Blue Jays. I mean, another corner outfielder, especially losing Michael Saunders this week to the Philadelphia Phillies. And that means that B.J. Upner, well, Melvin Upton uh, will go play in left field. Is that right? Most likely. And with Ezekiel Steve Carrera. Pierce and Zeke and Kevin Pillar manning center field. I also heard that Bautista will be playing some first base this year. So Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that he'll play a lot of first base. Uh, also, just in, uh, Jose Bautista, um, most likely to represent Dominican Republic at the World Baseball Classic. So um, they don't have a first baseman just yet. They do have a DH in Nelson Cruz, and their outfield has already been filled. So maybe... Bautista is that first baseman. Good at the practice from a first base. Exactly, right? And he played first base before. Yes, I remember back in 20... 2014. 2014, when Edwin was going through his Well, he injuries. was injured. Yeah, he was injured at that point. Edwin was injured. Um, they had Adam Lind yep. as their starting first baseman. As you look at their outfield, do you see Steve Pierce playing left field a lot more with you know BJ Upton being that fourth outfielder and Bautista going to first or... Pierce going to right field and you know it's it's kind of nice that the Blue Jays went out and signed Steve Pierce because he's a very versatile player yeah it's uh, exactly so I didn't really hear about Steve Pierce too much when he was time with the Orioles last season but uh hearing about this guy he adds depth to the Jays and it allows other players to move around the diamond more like Bautista you know getting the right field spot and he'll play a bit at first and Zico Carrera and Melvin Upton Jr. splitting the time out in left field. I mean, they. I mean, I. Th- I find Melvin Upton Jr. and Ezekiel Carrera as pretty much the same players. They'll steal bases. They'll hit for contact. They'll use their speed a lot in the outfield as well. You're right about that. Is of, of course just sticking with the AL East at this point. Mark Trumbull signs a three-year contract worth. $37 million, so just over $10 million per season. Uh, very undervalued for a guy that hit 47 home runs, led the major leagues in that category, and doesn't get the amount of money that a guy like Bautista or Edwin Encarnacion got when Trumbo wa- hit more home runs. So I guess home runs are coming at a cheaper price nowadays because it seems like teams don't really care for the long ball as much as they do for you know the doubles and for the singles and driving in runs and getting on base. Yeah, Trumbo was the guy who brought uh, driven both uh, Baltimore runs in the wild card game, correct? With a two run home run, I believe it was. So, I mean, this is if you look at the the amount of money that Baltimore's paid for this guy, it's kind of a steal off the market for them. I mean, Trumbo does resign, but it's kind of a steal for Baltimore, and just adds more power into that lineup behind Chris Davis. And another thing, actually, because I did want to talk about the 2017 Hall of Fame class, but another thing here is that the Dodgers are still looking for a second baseman. And they are looking for, um, they were looking at Brian Dozier, but the Twins are not prepared to give up Dozier that cheap. The Dodgers only offering their top pitching prospect, just their number one prospect, right? So they've kind of explored other options. They have now looked at second baseman Jerks and Profile, uh, sorry, Jerks and Profile, 
they're exploring options with Profar, and they're also exploring options with Javier Baez. At this point, the big when I saw Javier Baez in the mix, I don't think the Cubs want anything to do with that, especially if they were looking for pitching. I don't think that they would go out and give up a Javier Baez. You don't think? Do you think that they would give him up? No. You don't think that they would give up Baez for a pitching prospect? So, so where do the Dodgers go in terms of looking for second basemen? If they can't get Dozier, there's no second basemen on the market. Do they go out and re-sign Chase Utley, or do they go out and you know get more pressure to make a trade for a Profar? I don't know if the Twins are in the mix of a rebuild right now. Then you trade Dozier, right? I I would. Yeah. To get some sense. more, some more depth down in the system, and I mean that's how teams are built, right? Good teams are built through the system, like the New York Yankees are doing right now. So as far as I'm concerned, if the Cubs, as they look at right now, maybe not being able to set, to re-sign a lot of their pitchers going into next season with Jake Arrieta being a free agent, I hope that the Cubs can re-sign Arrieta. I think that you do explore that option of giving up a heavier bias based off how many positional prospects the um, the Cubs have in their minor league system. And, you know, I think that De Leon, who is the prospect that the Dodgers have been offering up, would be a fair deal for a Javier Baez, who was undervalued at the beginning of his career when he was called up with the Chicago Cubs, a native of Puerto Rico, but really, really showed things um, with the Cubs in the World Series. But you know what? I think that he would really, really do well uh, with the... Uh, with the L.A. Dodgers, because the Dodgers have all left-handed bats, and they need a right-handed batter, and I think that would be an excellent trade. Although it's just speculation at this point, that's all I can say. That's going to wrap up this segment. When we come back, Davide DiCipio, our CKDJ1079 co-op, on his last day at the station, will come on for another segment of Around the Diamond. He's been asking me all winter. This time, it's going to be to talk about the 2017 Hall of Fame ballot. Then, Claude Peltier will join us for about 20, 20 minutes or so uh, to talk about Team Canada's World Baseball Classic roster. That's coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. This is Quebec Capital third baseman and pitcher Lachlan Fontaine from Vancouver, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante on TKDJ 1079. Welcome back to episode 45 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079. I'm your host, Diamond Dante. To my right is uh, the show's co host for another segment of Major League Baseball Talk. It's Davide DiCipio, one of the uh, CKDJ 1079 co ops here at the station once again. Uh, thanks for joining us. Just to reintro things before, we were talking about some of the possible major league moves in the offseason and the re-signing of Jose Bautista. Now, the 2017 Hall of Fame class. Three players that got in. Jeff Bagwell, first baseman from 1991 to 2005, played all of his career with the Houston Astros, got 86.2% of the votes. Tim Raines finally gets in on his final year on the ballot after 10 seasons of being on the Hall of Fame ballot. The outfielder who played from 1979 to 2002 actually played in Ottawa for the Ottawa Lynx in 2002, his final season in AAA. 86% of the votes gets in. Of course, you need 75%. Yvonne Rodriguez, Pudge, the catcher that played from 1991 to 2011, gets in as a Texas Ranger. 
Tim Raines gets in as a Montreal Expo, and Jeff Bagwell gets in as a Houston Astro. Davide, of course, uh, Tim Raines has a lot of history in Ottawa. The other day, I actually went down to the uh, Sports Hall of Fame in Ottawa at City Hall to see the ball that Tim Raines signed when he played in Ottawa in 2002. And, you know, this is a guy that it took him 10 years to get in, but finally gets in, and he goes down as an Expo. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's very special for Montreal baseball fans. And, I mean, for the other guys that have been in, in the, over the past few years, like Gary Carter, I think there was one more. Andre the Hawk Dawson. Three Montreal Expos back in the National Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, as the most recent being Tim Raines. Big kudos go out to him as he finally gets in at the outfielder and designated hitter. Finally goes in after his 10 years of waiting and being snubbed a couple years. He should have been in last year. I thought so. Got snubbed. Trevor Hoffman gets 74% of the votes. You need 75%. He does not get in this year. Vladimir Guerrero on his uh, uh, first time on the ballot gets 71.7%. Edgar Martinez got 58%. Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds both get 54%. Not in the Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling falls 10% down to 45%. Lee Smith, on his final year on the ballot, does not get into the Hall of Fame. Same uh, with Manny Ramirez on his first uh, time on the Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, Lee Smith was, a, just to let the listeners know, Lee Smith was a, um, a closer back in the day who was actually third all-time in saves behind Mariano Rivera and Trevor Hoffman. He does not get into the Hall of Fame. Third all-time in saves. Not a Hall of Famer. Larry Walker does not get in. Goes down to 21.9%. Fred McGriff goes down. Jeff Kent, highest average and most home runs, RBIs by second baseman all time. Still not in the Hall of Fame. Gary Sheffield does not get in. Billy Wagner goes down from 21% last year to 10%. This year, Sammy Sosa down to 8.9%. Jorge Posada falls off the ballot as he gets below 5%. Wow. Did you would you ever think that Jose Pas- or Jorge Posada would ever be off the ballot? He's no. off the ballot. His first season and he's off. He can't be no chance anymore. Jesus. He didn't get 5%. He got 3.6%. Wow. I mean Jorge Posada was one of the powerhouses on those New York Yankees super teams, mm-hmm. I believe from 1996 through 2009. Um remember him from low to pine tar on his helmet. Yeah. Switch hitter. Switch hitter. No Puerto batting Rican gloves. Native. Yep, no batting gloves. Not not the best defender, but definitely could still play. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of mind-boggling that he's actually not on the list anymore. And Sammy Sosa is still on that list. He's going to drop next year. He's going to be gone next year. And Maguire's off the ballot. He's no longer on the ballot anymore. Um, and this is the thing I want to talk about here. Like, the commissioner at the time of the actually, steroid era... Uh, Bud Selig. He actually just got inducted into Hall of Fame as well. He's going in this year. Yep. As the two biggest players from that era, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens of the steroid era, are still on that ballot. Should they be going into Cooperstown? 100%. 100%. Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. He was the best hitter. He was the hitter that players would say when they're standing in the outfield, he's going to hit a home run. We are scared. The pitcher was shaking while Barry Bonds was at the plate. They would walk him when the bases were loaded just so they wouldn't have to face him to hit a grand slam. That's how good Barry Bonds was. I don't care if, he, one, he never tested positive. 
He there is just the speculation around it. Speculation was around Ivan Rodriguez, but he was just such a good defender. Barry Bonds was one of the scariest hitters to ever face in the game. Most home runs all time. And it wasn't just the home runs. This guy could steal 50-50 season, 50 stolen bases, 50 home runs, 40-40s. He was a good defender in left field. He was fast, five-tool player. We'll never see another. Mike Trout is probably the close. Mike Trout and Bryce Harper are the two closest players to Barry Bonds, but we'll never see another player like Barry Bonds, steroids or not. Big shout-out goes to Sam Bat for that one. Sam Bat, exactly. A local Canadian company here in Ottawa. But I just, besides Barry Bonds, I want to talk about the three guys that got in. Jeff Bagwell, Tim Raines, and Yvonne Rodriguez. Pudge, one of the best defending catchers ever. Won 10 gold gloves, an MVP in 1999. Hit for average, could hit a little bit of power. Um, what are your thoughts on Rodriguez getting in if you had the chance to watch him, Davide? Of course, you're only 16 years old, but I mean, I remember Yvonne when I was 16. Yeah, I kind of remember Pudge back in his day. I think he was with the Nationals towards the end of his career. Yep. Remember him from those days. I mean... Hit for contact, big a bit of a bigger dude. I mean, he was a solid catcher. I mean, I I, I don't catch myself, but I mean, he's uh he was a great defender, and there won't be another guy like that coming through the major leagues anytime soon. Uh, probably Yadier Molina is one of the only other players closest, that has yeah. the closest guy. But uh, Tim Raines gets in as we were talking about earlier. Um, this is a guy that took him ten years, so it's got to be nice for him to go in as an expo. Yeah, it's got to be nice for Expos fans as well. I mean, getting off topic here a little bit, but Montreal does deserve baseball again. I mean, yeah. I was too young to remember so baseball in Montreal, but I still remember Montreal baseball because of MLB 2005. <laughs> I had on an original MVP Xbox. baseball. MVP Baseball 2005. I have that as well. Yeah, the I Ottawa Lynx are in that video game. Yeah, Ottawa Lynx are in it. That was when they were the Orioles farm team, right? And Tim Raines' so. son was actually on that team. Tim Raines Jr. Um, Jeff Bagwell, the first baseman, gets into the Hall of Fame. 86.2% of the votes. He was the highest voted player in. One of the only first basemen to steal 200 bases in his career. Was a guy that averaged 20 steals and 20 home runs every season as a first baseman. And he was a guy that players saw as one of the smartest players on the base pass. As the, on the base pass was Jeff Bagwell and one of the better players in terms of power to come through the Astros organization. Yeah, I mean, that's big for Houston baseball. I mean, didn't they have uh, one of their second baseman last year? Uh, Craig Biggio. Uh, Craig Biggio, yeah, goes into the hall, I believe, last year or the year before. The year before, last year was uh, was uh, Piazza and uh, Ken, Ken Griffey. Griffey. Yeah. So that's big for Houston baseball again. I mean, you, I mean, he played his whole career with Houston, so something special going on there. He was a pretty special player in the Lone Star State. Now, before we wrap this up, uh, Davide, of course, Davide DeCipio, our CKDJ1079 co-op, our high school co-op here at the station, joining me here on Around the Diamond. Um, Albert Pujols is a guy that will probably make the Hall of Fame. But besides Pujols, who are four other players that you feel have a chance to get into the Hall of Fame that are currently active in the major leagues right now that will be in the Hall of Fame when they retire and when their name comes up. First ballot Hall of Famer, go ahead. I mean, I believe Ichiro. Yeah. Ichiro for his long times with the Seattle Mariners where he did most of his damage. 
was Seattle after coming over from Japan, where he hit over one had over one thousand hits in his career in Japan. Yeah, before coming to ma- the major leagues, I believe two thousand one was the year he got the rookie of the year as well. Yeah, he was rookie of the year with the Mariners. Then he moved on to the Yankees, and now currently with the Miami Marlins. Don't know if I'm missing a team in between nope, there. You got everything. Miami. Yeah. 3,000 hits in his he, career. He hit 3,000 hits this year. A triple off the wall at Coors Field yep. in Colorado. Another name that comes to mind is Miguel Cabrera. He has two MVPs, a triple crown, and he is approaching 500 home runs and 3,000 hits. Despite being 33 years old already, another shout-out goes to Sambat <laughs> for that one. And then you got the likes of Adrian Beltre. But he's, he's a superstar, plays great defense. A little it, bit of a jokester as well. A very great jokester. And he's going to get 3,000 hits. He's only 56 hits away from 3,000 hits is Adrian Beltre. And he's only 37 years old, so he's, I mean... He when he got three thousand hits was the same time that Jeter got three thousand hits at the same age. So we could see him, you know, three thousand three hundred hits. And 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 he's an under the radar guy. No one thought yeah. about this until this year, until they looked at his stats and said, "Oh my God, Adrian Beltre is very close to three thousand hits." That's true. And I back didn't know in his as well. back in his day, he was a power hitter. Um, another guy that I'm just gonna played, throw played through a broken finger. Yeah, during the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. One guy that I'm just going to throw out there that Adron played with, of course, Albert Pujols being a guy who is uh, no doubt to be in the Hall of Fame, only 75 hits away from 3,000. He will get that this season. Yadier Molina, although the hits aren't up there, the best defensive catcher of all time in history. Pudge Rodriguez, one of the other better ones, both from Puerto Rico. Can you believe that? You know what they say? Puerto Rico is the school of catchers, Davide. The school of catchers. That's and, true. And I actually had a friend who's from Puerto Rico. The but. two other Molina brothers. Benji and uh, it was um, Jose. Jose Molina and Benji Molina. Jose Molina, a former Toronto Blue Jay. Mm-hmm. Same with Benji. Benji really? played for the Blue Jays in 2006, 2007. He actually hit 20 home runs with the Jays, 70 RBIs. But uh, anyways, um, that's going to wrap up this second segment. Remember, uh, Claude Peltier will join us up next to talk about the World Baseball Classic and Team Canada's roster as he is the head scout of Canada for the New York, Re- uh, f- for the New York Mets and actually had a big part uh, in choosing uh, Team Canada's roster for uh, Greg Hamilton, who is the one who calls everyone up and says, hey, you want to play for Team Canada? Once again, our co-op at CKDJ1079. In his last week, his last day at CKDJ, Davide, thanks for all the work uh, this winter, and we wish you all the best in grade 11. And also, thanks for uh, coming on Around the Diamond. It was your first time, and I guess this is the way you want to go out. That's true. Thank you for having me. I mean, uh, this is a great show. I mean, I've been a part of this, listening to it for the past few weeks, know, 14, 15 weeks. Yeah. Of uh, you prep prepping, I mean, you've had the likes of last week. Billy Horn came on the show, and I was here during the live interview. Um, I believe I was here with Stubby, the Stubby Clop interview, yeah, which is uh, <laughs> current manager of the Memphis Redbirds. Yeah, yeah. So I thank you for having me on here today, and I mean, we had the Claude Peltier and. Can't wait to see what Canada has to bring at the Can- uh, World Baseball Classic. And I'm sure you'll be watching as Davide DiCipio has just joined us here in studio. The 
2016 and a, a little bit of 2017 co-op here at CKDJ 107.9 The Morning Co-op. Once again, thanks for joining us, Davide. But coming up next, Claude Peltier of the New York Mets, the head scout of Canada for the New York Mets, will join us on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. We'll be back in a few. This is Memphis Redbirds manager, Study Clap, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Dante DiCaria on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 45 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ1079. Once again, I'm your host, Diamond Dante. You can find me on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante or our podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Before, we were talking about the 2017 Hall of Fame class. Now, I'm very happy to be joined with Claude Peltier, who is the head coach uh, or head scout of the New York Mets of Canada. Claude, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Uh, so to start things off, of course, Hall of Fame writer Bob Elliott actually mentioned you uh, in an article in the top 100 most important people in Canadian baseball, written by Bob Elliott, and you were on that list, Claude. So what does that mean to you over the past few years that you've been in scouting to make it onto that list uh, in 2016? Well, you know, it's uh, quite an honor. I mean, it's, you know, it's... Uh, it's you know, you're recognized by your peer, and I think, uh, you know, after all these years, I mean, uh, dealing with Bob and, uh, you know, Bob asking for some different information and us giving him what we're allowed to give him, and uh, there's a cooperation going on between the scouts and Bob Elliott, and I think it's great that he makes up a list uh, every year about, you know, to recognize the people, the people in Canada. I mean, hey, some years uh, you're high, some years you're low. It all depends uh, what kind of year you had. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm quite pleased. I mean, I've been part of his list now for a good many years. And, like I said, I've been out higher and I've been lower. But I don't think that's much important. I think the fact that you're there is what's important. Now, Claude, of course, how did you end up meeting Bob Elliott for, you to, for him to, to know you that well? Well, I mean, you know, uh, I've been scouting now for going on 31 years, and, uh, of course, I knew Bob from the old Montreal Expos days, and, uh, you know, I mean, anything which pertains to baseball in Canada, you can be sure that uh, Bob is going to dig into it, and he's going to find out uh, who you are and what you do, and uh, he'll find out. (laughs) New York Mets head scout of Canada, Claude Peltier, is here with us on Around the Diamond. And you just mentioned uh, the Expos, which leads me to this question. Tim Raines finally gets into the Hall of Fame. This might be a little bit off topic from what we were going to talk about, but it still has to do with Canadian baseball. And it's funny, actually, uh, he played in Ottawa in 2002. I went down to the uh, Ottawa Hall of Fame, uh, Sports Hall of Fame at City Hall to see the ball that he had signed when he suited up for the Ottawa Lynx uh, in 2002. And uh, did you really think it would have taken 10 years for Reigns to get into the Hall of Fame? And do you believe he is a true Hall of Famer and going down as an Expo? Well, I mean, you know, I never thought it was going to take him that long. If you look at some of the other players that have been put in much quicker than he was, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things to uh, to consider. I mean, you know, a lot of these guys, the fact that they play in Canada, figure sometimes they're not recognized that they're just uh, just talent. Uh, it, you know, it makes it has a little bit of truth there, but I mean. Uh, I think the real people who supported him 
in the Hall of Fame believed in him. And, you know, there was also the uh, steroid uh, period of time that kind of maybe put a damper on things. But, I mean, I, I think that, uh, first of all, he got in, and I'm happy that he did get in, and he deserves to be in. And, of course, sticking on with the Expos, uh, Larry Walker uh, gets 21.9, I believe, percent of the votes. Uh, I believe I'm not too sure how many years he's now been on the bo- ballot. It's been a few years now, uh, Claude, if you could uh, refresh my memory with that. But uh, Larry Walker doesn't get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, do you think that he will get in in the next few years, or, or is it you know pretty much done for Larry? And does it have to do with him playing in Montreal uh, in a Canadian market for him not to get in? Well, I mean, uh, like I said, I'm sure that uh, it has a little something to do with it, but don't forget, he's played in the States for a good many years. I mean, people have seen him play in St. Louis, in in Colorado, so it's not as if they don't know him in the U.S. But, I mean, uh, why is it taking so long for him to be accepted? I have absolutely no idea. I think you're going to have to uh, ask uh, my friend Bob Elliott about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I'm sure Bob Elliott has a vote, uh, and I'm sure he would vote uh, for uh, Larry Walker to get into the Hall of Fame. So now that we're talking uh, about the Canadian World Baseball Classic, Claude Peltier is here with us on Around the Diamond. And and I believe uh, Greg Hamilton has has called you a little bit in the offseason to see uh, if there's any players that you would recommend to his team that you've seen over the last uh, few years or so since the the last World Baseball Classic in 2013. And there's two guys on this list that you saw extensively in your career, two guys that you signed. We'll start off with Eric Gagne, who uh, pitched for the Ottawa Champions on Labor Day. You were there. That's where I met you. He is going to be joining Team Canada uh, at the World Baseball Classic. Now, I want to hear your thoughts on this because... Back in, I believe, September October, Greg Hamilton actually gave you a call about Eric Gagne the last time we spoke. Well, I, I think what happened here, Don, is that, uh, you know, Greg, I mean, uh, he's a busy man, and he, he needs all the help he can get. And uh, he's contacted. He's not afraid to contact the, uh, the Canadian scouts and ask their opinion. And if you saw a player, could you tell me something about him? And, yeah, I mean, uh, I know Eric made the first move when the World Baseball Classic came around and uh, he wanted to be part of it, you know, but uh, um, like Greg said, he says, I'm going to have to find out to see what he can do. And uh, is he in shape? Is he not in shape or what? So anyhow, uh, the day we met in Ottawa, this is where uh, I think Eric uh, threw a pretty good game, and this is when I kind of called Greg, and I said, you know, I don't think you can afford not to have him on your team. So, I mean, uh, I'm happy that it's working out for Team Canada and also for Eric. Now, of course, Claude, another guy that you had signed with your time uh, with the New York Mets, of course, uh, just to uh, refresh the listener's memory, um, you actually signed Eric Gagne when you were with the Dodgers. Now we're going over to your time with the Mets when you had signed uh, Jonathan Malot, who is now uh, playing with the Quebec Capitals. Uh, in the Can-Am League, and you had saw him play against Eric Gagne on that Labor Day when you came to watch Gagne play, and he's now going to be representing Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic for now a second time. So what does that say about Team Canada going out and and picking up a guy like Jonathan Malo, and what does he bring to the team? Well, I I think Team Canada can recognize uh, their, um, you know, their senior talent, and uh, they're they're giving them a chance 
to go out there and perform at the world level. And, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that everybody that has been asked to participate in the World Baseball Classic, not everybody um, decided that he wanted to go. So, I mean, you know, you've you got to take the guys that really want to go. And uh, the two guys you just mentioned, Gagne and Jonathan Mollo, both of them, uh, you know, they want to participate, and you can be sure they're going to be there. And so with Malo being a, a shortstop, where does he kind of fit in on this Team Canada squad, uh, a shortstop middle infielder kind of guy? Because right now, Russell Martin is slotted in to play shortstop and not catcher uh, with the team picking up George Kateras, who is a who played in the major leagues, is a Canadian guy uh, who will be the team's catcher. Martin goes to shortstop. So where does this, where does this kind of leave Jonathan Malo in, uh, along with Pete Orr as well, who's a, a longtime veteran? Well, I, you know, I've always considered Jonathan Malo as one of the greatest utility guy in, in Canadian uh, baseball. The only position I've never seen him play is behind the plate, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he wouldn't be embarrassed if he had to. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, you know, uh, with all the stuff going on, I mean, uh, I don't want to criticize anybody or anything like that, but, I mean, like, you know, like Russell. Or, I mean, Russell, you know, he's he's been a... He's been an all-star catcher for the last, I don't know, 12 years at the major league level. Why would he want to play shortstop? I mean, uh, I can understand that this is where he started his career, but, I mean, he didn't make it as a shortstop. He made it as a, as a catcher. And I, I honestly believe that if everybody wants to be fair, that uh, Russell can be better help to Team Canada behind the plate than he will be at shortstop. Because, I mean, this is where he's been playing all these years. Like Chris LaRue, right-handed pitcher, well, he started off as a catcher. Well, he's been a starting pitcher now for the last 10 years. You're not going to move him back to a catcher's (laughs) position. So I I don't know why the guys want to play with this. I mean, I hope they take it seriously because, I mean, for me, it is seriously. You're representing your country, and I think you want to be part of the team and want to play where you could be most helpful for your team. But, I mean, hey, listen, if, uh, if Team Canada and Russell have, you know, sorted out their differences and uh, they decided to go with Russell at short, I mean, don't get me wrong, he'll do the job at shortstop. I mean, he's a pretty good athlete. But I just was hoping maybe he'd stick behind the plate. So you actually feel that Russell Martin would be able to be capable of playing shortstop? Because the way I look at this roster, I feel that he'd be better off to suit up at third base with Brett Laurie uh, not being on the team, and then you move either Malo or Pete Orr to play shortstop. Well, I mean, I guess with the legs of uh, Pete Orr, it wouldn't probably work out in that way. No, but you're absolutely right. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Russell would be a better profile at third base and shortstop. I mean, you know, being a catcher all these years takes a toll on your leg. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you know, uh, he's not as fast as he used to be, but uh, he could do the job at third. I mean, he's got enough arm. I mean, he can feel. I mean, you know, he'd be a perfect fit at third base. Maybe this is where he's going to end up. I think Team Canada, the coaching staff, are going to – they're going to make, you know, they're they're going to take advantage of of every player they have, where they can be put into a game where they can help the team win. I think this is where these guys are going to play. Claude Peltier will still be with us as we go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, 
Mr. Peltier is going to tell us a little bit more about some of the younger Canadian baseball players that are coming up through the minor league system that are going to be representing Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic. That's coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Hey guys, this is Andrew Cooper from Bell River, Ontario, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 45 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Of course, once again, I'm your host, Diamond Dante, still talking with the head scout of Canada for the New York Mets. Claude Peltier is still with us on Around the Diamond. And, and, of course, Claude Peltier is here with us on Around the Diamond as the head scout for the Mets uh, in terms of uh, baseball in Canada. You've scouted a lot of players here in, in Canada. I want to ask you about the younger players on this squad. But before I get to that, I want to go back to Eric Gagne. Now, you had, he started in that game against Ottawa. Do you presume that he will go to the bullpen and be the closer? You know what? I think knowing Eric, I mean, if they ask him to, to to start a game, he will definitely start it. But I mean, you know, his bread and butter has been the bullpen as a closer for all these years. Uh, I don't see why they would want him to uh, to go and start a game, providing they have enough starters. I mean, I I don't know who's who's all accepted to go and who hasn't accepted to go. I don't think the le- the list is finalized yet, but it's going to depend on what kind of roster they have. But as for Eric, I mean, I would keep that arm in a safe situation when when they need it. And based off you being a scout and seeing a lot of these Canadians play back in their younger days, you've been around the game for 31 years at the scouting level and at the minor league and a pro ball level as well. So Andrew Albers, John Axford, Brian Dempster, Scott Diamond, uh, Eric Gagne, Jim, Henters, uh, Jim Henderson, uh, who was a reliever with the Mets last year, Chris LaRue, Adam Lowen, and... Uh, uh, Scott Matheson have all committed to play uh, for Team Canada. So based off those pitchers that I listed off, uh, which 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 one of those are the starters, do you feel? Uh, I've seen them all, and uh, I guess it's all going to depend. Uh, it's going to depend on how healthy are they. I mean, you know, like uh, even uh, Ryan Dempster has offered his services. I could see Adam Lowe, and I can see Alberts. I can see these guys starting. I don't have a problem with that. And so based off, obviously, you had watched Ryan Dempster play. It would have been in the 90s when he came onto the scene. He started off as a reliever and then went into a starter uh, throughout uh, the later part of his career. Now, he's 39 years old. He's been an MLB analyst at the age of 39 at MLB Network, you know, going on with Kevin Millar. And, of course, they're very close friends. And I know Ryan Dempster has been keeping up with his golf game, but I don't know if he's uh, been keeping up with the pitching game. Well, that's one thing I can't answer you. I mean, I really don't know. Um, all I can say is I remember the day that both Ryan Dempster and Eric Gagne were uh, they were sharing a room with Team Canada. That's how closely they were together. And, uh, you know, it, it made it happen that they both made it to the major league level. Uh, like you say, uh, Ryan started as a, a reliever, and then he came back as a starter, while Eric was the other way around. He started as a, as a starter, and then he ended up in the bullpen. But, I mean, uh, I don't know as far as uh, what kind of shape Brian is in. Is he been pitch, 
coaching is even. I mean, I, I you know I'm sure that he's not going to get. He's not going to get in uniform and go and embarrass himself if he doesn't think he can do it. But I wouldn't think that he'd be hitting in mid nineties. I mean, of course, he'd probably be in the high eighties at this point in his, in his career. As uh, Claude Peltier is here with us on Around the Diamond talking about Team Canada's World Baseball Classic roster. Now, of course, over the past few years, you've seen a, a few players that have now just been named to Team Canada. Josh Naylor, 19 years old, Tyler O'Neill, uh, and Dalton Pompey will also play for Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic. Let's start off with Josh Naylor, uh, 19 years old, first baseman out of Toronto. What do you see in his game? Well, I mean, this guy, there's no doubt about it. He's a pure hitter. He's a power hitter. I mean... Uh, whenever you this kid was drafted, you were buying a bat. I mean, that's exactly what you were buying. I mean, uh, you know, in this game, if you can hit, you've got a job, and uh, Josh can hit, so he's got a job, and he's at, he's going to have a job for a long time. And the same with Tyler O'Neill. Everywhere he's played, I mean, you know, it was the bat, the bat, the bat. I mean, he gets a buy on on his, as a defender. But it's always the bat. I mean, everywhere he's played, his uh, RBI have been high, his on-base percentage have been high, his averages have been high. So, I mean, you know, the bat is working, and that's what counts. And another guy that I'd also mentioned was uh, Dalton Pompey, who uh, looks like he will be a, a, almost like a backup outfielder, a guy that uh, can kind of come onto the scene and, and pinch run if Team Canada uh, needed him to do that as well, with Michael Saunders uh, also going to be in the outfield uh, for uh, Team Canada. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Pompey starts in center field. Do you think that he has a chance uh, to play for Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic as a starter, and do you think that this will help his development for spring training with the Blue Jays? I, I believe he can play there. I mean, he's proven that he can play there before. I mean, you know, he's a pretty good ball player. I mean, he's got a lot of tools. I mean, he can run. He's done a lot of things for the Blue Jays. It's just that it's a numbers game. I mean, you know, he, he just can't seem to latch on with the big team and and hang on. I mean, there's always somebody that comes in behind him that does a little bit more, and he's sent back into the minors. But listen, his time's going to come. He's still very young, and uh, there's a pretty good future ahead of him. Now, there's there's a catcher on this list that you might have seen play. He's about 23 years old. It's Kellen uh, Deglin. Did you have a chance to watch him play at all? He, he has been chosen to be the backup catcher, it seems like, for Team Canada. Yeah, I remember Kellen. If I'm not mistaken, he's from uh, Vancouver. Yep. He was a first-round draft choice. I forget with two, but uh, yeah, I remember him. I liked him very much about four or five years ago. He was a first-round draft choice, and uh, it was a people were surprised to see that he went so high in the draft. But you, you know, I mean, uh, that's where he went, and uh, he got his money, and uh, he's still playing. And, of course, Claude Pelche is here with us on Around the Diamond talking about a Team Canada's World Baseball Classic squad. Um, I want to go to towards uh, the younger stars that are coming up in the system. Do you feel uh, that Team Canada, or uh, actually just based off the younger stars that you've seen in the system, we talked a little bit about um, Josh Naylor, Tyler O'Neill, even Dalton Pompey. It seems like uh, baseball in Canada is getting a lot more popular and there's a lot more younger players coming up in a minor league system that we are going to see at this tournament for, uh, with Team Canada. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, we're really coming on. There's no doubt about it. I think you and I have talked about this uh, before. You know, I can remember when I first started. I mean, if you weren't a if you weren't a pitcher, you had hardly no chance of being looked at a major league team or get drafted or signed as a free agent. Uh, the 
reason for that then is because, you know, pitchers, their arm were healthy. They had never used it. But now we've got more and more ex-major leaguers in the country that are giving back to the kids what they have uh, learned when they were starting up, and it's paying off. We're getting more and more position players, uh, every position, first base, catchers, pitchers, uh, in middle infielders, outfielders. So, yeah, baseball, it is paying off. And I think whenever you get into a competition like the uh, World Baseball Classic, it's important that you have a mixture of veterans and young guys because the young guys will follow the veterans. And the veterans know that these guys are eventually going to be replacing them. And, and, and they can live with that. That's not a problem. But you need a mixture of young guys and veteran players. This is what makes a good clubhouse. Now, Claude, before we go, I want to ask you about the coaches of Team Canada, Dennis Boucher, Greg Hamilton, Tim Leeper, Paul Quantrill, who is the father of Cal Quantrill, uh, who is a uh, prospect uh, inside the San Diego Padres system, and, of course, Larry Walker, uh, one of the best Canadian baseball players to ever step on the field. So based off the coaching staff that Canada has put together, a stubby clap uh, with his new job with the Memphis Redbirds and AAA will not be representing Team Canada as a coach. Uh, But what are your thoughts on Team Canada's coaching staff? I think Team Canada's in great shape as far as the coaching staff. They have a lot of experience up there. They have guys who have played the game. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's nothing like having somebody having played this game talking to the players. And players will listen to somebody who's been there before and because they know. But as far as the coaching staff, I mean, I can't possibly think how how else you would have a better coaching staff than what you have already now? So I think they're in great shape. Well, there you have it. Claude Pelche, the head scout of Canada for the New York Mets, uh, here is here with us on Around the Diamond. Claude, thanks for the time today. And uh, we look forward to uh, uh, seeing Team Canada's roster finalized and at the World Baseball Classic. Yes, sir. Well, we're looking for that. Well, there you have it. That was Claude Peltier, the head scout of Canada for the New York Mets, and he had a big part in choosing Team Canada's roster because they brought on former Cy Young Award winner Eric Gagne uh, to the team. There's still more to come in the show as I will wrap things up coming in our next segment to finish off the hour. You're listening to episode 45 of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Hey, this is Edwin Jackson, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 45 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Once again, I'm your host, Diamond Dante. Before, we were talking with Claude Peltier, who is the head scout of the New York Mets for the area of Canada, and he's been around the game for a long time. A top 100 or ranked at top 100 in terms of people that are um, considered valuable to the ba- to the game of baseball in Canada. And Claude Peltier is one of those guys that Bob Elliott uh, put out there. He released a list, and Bob put Claude Peltier on there, and a couple other people that have been on this show. Shai Davidi uh, was another guy that was on that list. Mike Wilner um, was on that list. Most important people in Canadian baseball, most influential people to Canadian baseball. And, I mean, obviously Bob Elliott would be 
at the top of that list, but he actually is not on the list. Claude Peltier is on there. Arlene Anderson from Sambat, the owner of Sambat, is on that list. Sam Holman, not on the list because he is American, uh, but I believe he should be on the list uh, nonetheless. But Arlene has done a great job uh, with that company. There's still, uh, you know, Joey Votto was ranked number one by Bob Elliott, but it's, you know, if you're on the list, you're on the list, right? And you got to be proud of that. Uh, Greg Hamilton, a top five, uh, same with Russell Martin and, and for the rest. So, as for, you know, Claude Peltier, I want to thank him so much for coming on the show. He's always been nice to me. He doesn't beat around the bush. If he wants to say something, he'll say it. And if I'm going to ask him something, he'll answer it. And if he doesn't know, he doesn't know. If he knows, he'll tell me. So I really like having Claude Peltier. That's the second time that I had him on the show uh, in the past. So Eric Gagne is going to be representing Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic. Now, the last time I talked to Claude Peltier uh, is when he came on my show in mid-October. And he came on, I believe it was October twenty. Second, the October 22nd edition of Around the Diamond, day before my uh, my birthday. And I was in Oswego doing a hockey game when I the show aired. Anyways, I recorded the show with Corey Mess, uh, our co-host at the time. And Claude Peltier said, yeah, Greg Hamilton called me. He asked, how was Eric Gagne in that game against uh, the Quebec Capitals with the Ottawa Champions? And he says, well, you, you know what you saw. Look at the stats. Eric Gagne was absolutely lights out. His curveball was plus. His fastball was 93, 94, 95 at max. So, I mean, Claude already released it. He already said that Team Canada was very interested in picking up Eric Gagne before the talks of the World Baseball Classic even happened. So now everybody's surprised. Breaking news, Gagne is going to – well, he said it on the show. He, he told me that Eric Gagne was going to be representing Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic. And now that it's official, everybody's like, breaking news. Oh, my God, what's going on? Well, he said it on the radio. I was talking to Mike Nellis, uh, Champions broadcaster, on the phone not, not too long before I, I did this segment. And he said, you know, we already had known, right, that Gagne was uh, in talks of, with Team Canada. And, you know, good for Gagne. He's kept himself in good shape. And uh, we wish him all the best as... Um, that's going to wrap up the 45th edition of Around the Diamond on CKDJ1079. Of course, you can find our podcast on iTunes or on SoundCloud by typing in Around the Diamond, or you can check uh, me out on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante. That's where uh, I post my show uh, every Saturday and Sunday at 6 p.m. Of course, the show only airs on Saturdays at 6, but I do post the podcast on Sundays, but I also want to say congratulations to Tim Raines, who finally gets into the Hall of Fame. Jeff Bagwell, who is a, an outstanding first baseman, one of the fastest first basemen uh, in history. I also want to give a big thanks to Davide DiCipio for coming on the show and sharing his experiences about the Little League World Series in 2013 when he played for East Nepean and went with Team Canada to uh, the Little League World Series as um, you know, he, it was his final day at the station doing his co-op placement at CKDJ. He's only grade 11 student, 16 years old. Discipio, also a stick boy for the 67s, had been asking me. He had been kind of watching me do the show all semester. And I said, you know what, Davide, you can come on the show. I told him earlier in the week. He was happy about it. He was happy to come on. And, you know, it's always nice to see a, a, a guy come on to the show. And, you know, you see the smile on his face. And just um, I thought it was really worth it to, to have Davide on the show and, uh, as he came on earlier in the show. I also want to thank Claude Peltier uh, for coming on the show as well. And um, it was a pretty good one. I was pretty happy with everything that happened. And, you know, the Hall of Fame class, the Blue Jays signing, uh, re-signing Jose Bautista. And I guess we'll have to stay tuned for next week. You can follow me on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante to see uh, if there's any 
new guests that will be coming on the show. Adron Chambers, I believe, has gone back to Florida, unfortunately, uh, for that. But as for that, that's going to wrap up episode 45 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079. We'll see you next week.